Hey everybody, happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the podcast. It is the Podcast Daily and a bigger welcome back to Bill Landis who had a just lengthy vacation uh, over the last 10 days or so. Oh wait, no, that was that must have been somebody else. He's been working much harder at his new <laughs> full-time job as a father. Uh, Bill, congratulations to the family and uh, glad to have you back. Uh, for the 15 minutes, you could be taking a nap right now. And instead you chose to talk to me. That's a big mistake on your part. Yeah. Uh, I wondered if it was a mistake on my part as well. Th- thank you. First of all, <laughs> um, I think I'm getting a little stir crazy. So I was, I was ready to get back to this. Uh, and I don't know. Um, I don't envision my, my vacations having uh, so many dirty diapers. So I, I, I wouldn't quite call it, <laughs> call it that, but, uh, yeah, I'm good. To, glad to be back. Okay. Um, I mean, everybody wanted to know, you all you told me was how long the baby was, and mm-hmm. everyone assumed that you just you have an offensive lineman. Uh, what I don't even know what class of twenty thirty nine already on the way. Is that yeah, the, I haven't thought that one through actually. <laughs> Maybe but, that sounds right. But the what what were the measurables on this this young lad? Uh, yeah, so he was twenty two inches, which is I'm told quite long for a baby. <laughs> um, the weight the weight was not quite as big as we expected. We were we were expecting perhaps closer to a to a ten pounder, and he was uh, like eight and a half. Okay. Um, so, but he's now he's now bigger than that. <laughs> so, uh, I guess I guess it's a thing where babies lose weight initially, and it takes them a while to get back to their their birth weight. He is back to his birth weight, and then some um, after <laughs> a, a short two weeks. So, uh, I think he'll end up being pretty big. So tall and lean. Okay, we've got yeah. <laughs> Maybe more Paris Johnson than Dewan Jones. He's got big hands. I'm thinking tight end. He's got <laughs> and he's got long arms. The catch radius is looking pretty good right now. Love that. Love that. All right, that's we'll get that information out to uh, Justin Fry and Keenan Bailey and Ryan Day. I'm sure they'll be very interested in, in all that. Um, they are deep in the midst of roster management season, which has been I don't I don't know the right word interesting. I think mm-hmm. it's gone probably from my perspective about as well as Ohio State could have reasonably expected. Uh, as you get, I mean, I know you were paying attention all along, but as you get caught back up in, in what has happened with NFL draft decisions and the transfer portal, uh, from a big picture perspective, how do you evaluate it? I think it went pretty well. Um, honestly, the only, the only thing that really floored me was Luke Whipler, and I, I think that surprised you guys as well. I, you're right. I was keeping track of it and listening to you and Burn break things down, but in terms of everything that's that's transpired over the last couple of weeks, the only one that really caught me off guard was was Luke's decision to go to the NFL. Which, which in, in hindsight and and with some more time to kind of sit with that, I I get because I don't think it's a particularly strong center draft class. You probably want to strike while that iron's hot. He had a really good season and and has really good tape from the Georgia game. So so all that adds up to to making that decision and maybe that decision ultimately not being that surprising, but. When we were trying to project out, like what's this going to look like next year, he was always someone that I figured would be back for 2023. Um, so that kind of threw me for a loop. But but otherwise, um, not nothing too shocking. Um, maybe J.K. Johnson, although he went to LSU, like his, his high school coaches at LSU, I believe. Um, yeah. So so that that's ultimately not that surprising either. And you always worry a little bit too. I think in, in this age, like, is your program going to blow up? Is your roster going to blow up with with the transfer portal being the way it is? Um, and so far, since since that has been the new uh, reality of college football, Ohio State continues to largely avoid that, which is a good thing. So unfortunately, everybody had to listen to me and Burham try and talk about what those offensive line decisions meant when Luke Whipple declared. We knew that Paris Johnson and Dewan Jones were going to all along. And then 
Matthew Jones kind of flipped it by electing to return. That's significant. When you when you piece together that front five now, I mean, what do you expect maybe going into spring and and how significant is the Matthew Jones piece of that? It's pretty significant because I think it just buys Ohio State a little bit of time. I think it allows them to be more patient because you know we can play guard. Matthew Jones can play guard if you want to keep him there. He has experience playing center, although I don't I can't recall if he's actually played center in a game, but I know he's done it at practice. Um, yep. and he's been like that he's been that emergency guy for them sort of all along. So uh I think you probably try him out there and and see what sticks, but but because you can kind of move him back and forth, you can sort of assess the other areas of the line and and I guess determine well if we move Matt from guard, do we like what we have as potential replacement there more than if we had to put a potential replacement that's already on the roster at center? Um, so I, I think they're okay. Um, I I would have liked them, or I guess I would have liked to see them land a, a tackle by this point. But but I also I if I'm an Ohio State fan, like I never want to see them take a guy just to take one, just because there's a hole in the roster, we have to take somebody. Let's fill that hole. I don't really care who it is. Um, they were pretty selective. It seemed like by with, with who they offered, obviously they, they didn't get any of those players. There will probably be more coming in the portal in, in May. So that's something that you can reassess, um, at the end of spring ball. And in the meantime, a guy like Zen Mohowski gets probably a little bit of a tryout to see, see if he can't do it at left tackle, which is probably beneficial for him as well. So, um, I, I guess on, on one hand, it was probably discouraging to see them not land a tackle, but on the, on the other side of that, I think, I would be thankful that they didn't hit the panic button and and can sort of let this play out through spring and, and see how the pieces come together. Yeah, I think that that's that's sort of my understanding for the way that Ohio State views this. They they looked at guys that they thought could fit, bro, both in terms of veteran experience, playing right away, culture fit, all that stuff, and they offered those guys. I mean, it was they were involved with you know four or five offensive mm-hmm. tackles. It wasn't like they sat on their hands and they they came up short in all of them. From that perspective, certainly. I'm surprised by that, given the opportunity that Ohio State had to offer with, you know, a, a veteran guy coming in, and you see what's happened with, you know, Ohio State's offensive tackles going uh, to the next level over the last couple of years, and Paris and Dewan continuing that now. The opportunity that they would have had to compete for that job right away and to compete for championships, you would have thought that would resonate a little bit more. Obviously, sometimes uh, what you're pitching is not the same, or somebody has a desire to want to play closer to where they grew up. And you have to understand all that. Just because you're Ohio State doesn't mean you're automatically going to win every single recruiting or transfer portal battle. Uh, it has to make sense for the other guys as well. But the way Ohio State views it now is there's going to be more people in that boat in May that they are going to be able to evaluate and bring in. I know that that's true at tackle and at corner where Ohio State's now in this mode of, okay, didn't work out uh, at this point going into the middle of January. You have an opportunity down the road, but what you get to do in the short term is what you talked about, Bill, with Zen Mahalski, where, okay, that's you know five or six extra reps a day that you can give to a younger guy to bring him along. On a day-to-day basis, that doesn't seem like a, a lot, but um, by the end of 15 practices, maybe it adds up to a body of work where Ohio State feels more comfortable um, at tackle. Maybe not. I mean, I, I think they'll probably take one regardless, uh, but that, that does help because they're they're looking at this now as a development window in March and April at those positions where we still we still think that by May they'd get involved. I think that's what it should be. Like I, there there was a time where I thought that this the spring and, it, and and the spring can be a time where where guys can start to gel and, and build camaraderie that that's important for the following fall. But but I think 
more and more I've come around to the idea that it is more about development and individual development more than it is anything else um, during spring ball. During those 15 practices, so if they wanted to to hedge more on that side and give a guy like Zen a longer look, maybe even give like George Fitzpatrick a look. And um, these are these are young players who. Um, arrived at playing offensive tackle a little later in their high school process are still developing physically. It could very well work out that they're not quite ready for that just yet. And and with in Georgia's sense, being a guy who's been in the program for what will be two years, perfectly acceptable. And even Zen, three years into the program, I think that's acceptable too when you think about how he kind of came out as, as a prospect. But I also don't think you should sort of cut yourself off from seeing where that goes. So if they if they didn't land a veteran guy, and and again – I think I think you can rightly criticize them for not doing that because it is a little surprising giving Ohio State can put out the bat signal and say we need a left tackle and they weren't able to get one is a little weird. Right. Um, but that's not to say they can put out the same signal in May and, and probably get a much different response um, as the season draws near. But in the meantime, I think I think the window to evaluate these young players in your program um, can be beneficial and and that's probably most important on the offensive line. But it's important across the entire roster. It's just a tackle and, and cornerback, to your point, I think, are the two that probably get highlighted the most in that regard. You said on the message board on OhioState.Rivals.com on Monday that you still weren't convinced that maybe CJ was still coming back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, having some fun, I guess. I, I don't uh, – <laughs> like, it was – I was trying to think, like, Justin Fields waited this long to announce, right? And I, and I believe Dwayne did as well. I will say – of all three of those scenarios, this was the one where I was like, eh, "This something, something here is like may, maybe." And toward, toward the end of last week, that started to change. But, but the beginning of the process, like I don't know, maybe. And and the nil game changes that. But like this kid might be the number one pick in the draft, and it would have been awesome to see him one come back and play at Ohio State, two to maybe like set that precedent a little bit in a way that it's not quite been set just yet. But um, I think it was probably the correct decision for CJ to to go into the NFL in a class where he has a shot at being the top quarterback and uh, off of the Georgia film, which is the the probably the best quarterback film that anyone's put out in the entire season. Anyone in this class anyway has put yeah. out this entire season. So again, that that's a similar, it's not quite the same thing as Luke Whipler because CJ has been thought of in this regard the entire time. And we all thought this was coming, but um, maybe had things gone a little differently, maybe, maybe that changes the calculus of his thought process, but um, to play so well and put that out there the way he did against Georgia, um, probably I, I would assume anyway was was a little bit of a kick in that direction. Um, given that he showed NFL evaluators a lot of things that they were eager to see from him against the best competition he could possibly face. So, is it too early to? I mean, everybody's already talking about Kyle McCord and Devin Brown. They were talking about it even before the Peach Bowl. Yeah, probably well before that. Um, what do you? Does this change anything in your mind? I mean, we have. Never considered the possibility that C.J. Stroud was coming back and what that might mean. People ask me about that and how that would change the battles. Well, I'm not – that hypothetical is ridiculous. It's not going to matter. He's not coming back. (laughs) Uh, Like, What do you you think needs to happen as we start looking ahead? I am in the camp that there's no way Ryan Day will name a starter by the end of spring ball Mm. just based on our experience being around him, uh, the previous battles they've had, even when Justin Fields arrived. I think that this is probably going to be in it for the long haul here. I would think so too. Um, p- part of that is roster management, ego management, I'm sure. But part of it too, I think it's just is giving yourself the longest runway to find the right guy. Like, I, the, why why would you? If if Ryan Day feels a, a, a need to name a starter after spring ball, 
I I suppose he could, but but I don't I don't think he will. I th- I think both these players are are similarly talented. Kyle's got one more year in the program, obviously, but and and that start under his belt from last season and more playing experience. Um, but I don't, and that gives him a lot, I guess, in, in terms of, of of leg up in the competition. But I would imagine that Ryan Day is going to treat this as fifty fifty. I, I don't I don't think it's just going to be like, okay, Kyle, you're the next man up. You're taking the steps with the ones, and and Devin will will work you in as as we can. But you're still the number two. I th- I think you probably split them evenly down the middle in spring and 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 see what shakes out, and then carry that into the summer. Give give each of these guys an equal opportunity to kind of grab that by the reins and and, and see where it goes. Why would you hamstring yourself? or paint yourself into a corner by, by trying to name a guy after spring ball. Um, when all that probably does is guarantee one of them leaving sooner right. than you'd like them to. That's the unfortunate nature of the position. But um, yeah, the track record, he didn't name CJ the starter until what, two weeks before the the opener, even when that was very apparent that he was going to be the guy. Um, right. Didn't name Justin the starter, even though Justin was like the only quarterback in the room <laughs> for, for a time. Um, so in this, in this scenario, um, I would imagine that he lets it play out through all the spring, makes it as, as 50-50 as possible, and then probably makes that call sometime I don't know, third week of August. Were any of the other decisions um, I don't know, surprising, shocking for you? Cade, Tommy, uh, we talked about Matthew um, Jones, Mayan Williams. Yeah, no, maybe Matthew Jones a little bit. I I, I, I could see that going either way, and, and the injury stuff this past year probably did not allow him um, to put his best foot forward, no pun intended, for the for the majority of the, of the season. His best clown shoe forward. Um, his best clown shoe forward. Um, so that one, I I wasn't quite sure what to make of it, but I wasn't surprised to see that go the way it went. Um, Cade, the same thing. I think I think Cade's another guy who had a really good start to the year, but then injuries kind of led to his play suffering a little bit, and I think he can help himself quite a bit by coming back for another year. Um, Tommy, I was not sure. I, he played so well this year, and and he's a guy who I'm I'm not entirely sure how much he can actually raise his draft stock just given his position and the value that that's placed on it in the nfl um like if he's a third or fourth round pick right now i i I tend to think he'd be a third or fourth round pick again next year and i don't know maybe maybe that makes you more likely to stay if you know that that's the case and you want to come back to ohio state and chase a national championship um i don't i won't try to put myself in tommy's shoes that way but if we knew that steel chambers was coming back and then kate stover was coming back i guess that kind of Telegraph that that Tommy would be coming back as well because it's hard to see that that trio doing anything independent of each other. <laughs> um, but uh, I think it, it's tremendous for Ohio State's defense to have Tommy Eckenberg back. I, I don't. It was unfortunate to see the immediate leap be like, oh, well, now what happens with CJ Hicks? It's like, well, CJ Hicks is good. They'll find they'll, they'll find a place for him to play, um, yeah. and that could be a really fun conversation. I think over the next couple of weeks of like what that looks like for CJ. Um, I was talking with with Berm on on Monday when we were doing the Rooster Show about. Maybe they can find a package for CJ where he's doing some of the the Jack Leo stuff as like a as a situational pass rusher. Like that could be really fun. Um, clearly, there's opportunities to get a third or fourth linebacker on the field at times. So like CJ is going to be fine. Um, and but in the meantime, Ohio State gets a guy who was one of the best linebackers, maybe the best linebacker in the country last year, back a captain back and and a guy who's going to set the tone for the entire defense. So like that's that's tremendous. I don't know why he would view that as anything other than a positive. Yeah, I was wondering what you thought about CJ Hicks in that Jack Leo role. I don't I just don't think that it worked or or maybe ideally suited Jack Sawyer's yeah, uh, game last year and I think that somebody more like I don't know if CJ can play it. I mean, I would I think he could probably play pretty much any position on defense if you asked him to. Um within within reason. Uh, but you know, somebody like him or Caden Curry, 
seem like more natural fits than Jack. And if that means that, you know, you can move him back to, you know, being a pure defensive end or maybe even three technique, if you still want to play him at this size, it just doesn't look like he's moving well enough physically, but that's aside from the point. It does feel like there are more options for what that means for the Jack and Leo because of Tommy coming back. It does. And if thinking back at like Jim Knowles's last season at Oklahoma state, they like rotated that position. I think it was like almost down the middle. And one of the guys who played that was a kid named Colin Oliver, who was like a, a line, he was like an undersized linebacker. Um, he wasn't a big, he wasn't clearly not built like Jack Sawyer um, and probably not quite built like CJ Hicks either, but cl- at least closer to a guy like, like CJ Hicks. Um, so I think that can work. It's, it's a hybrid spot that, that requires a bit of linebacker, a bit of defensive line. I agree with you that I, it just didn't seem to suit Jack Sawyer all that well. Um, if I had like my way, I think I'd probably like to see Jack go go back down to something like two sixty and and maybe get back some of that that bend and, and nimbleness that I think made him such a good prospect. He did seem to lose a little bit the, the bigger he got um, last off season. So um, I'm curious what that pretends for him, but I do think there's there's opportunities with this defense. The the one thing about this defense this past season was like it was so rigid in who did what. There just wasn't a lot of opportunity for younger players to to do much of anything or really frankly anybody outside of that 11 or 12 to do much of anything with i guess with the exception of the defensive line that rotated but um mm-hmm. i'm wondering if even though you have steel and tommy coming back guys who log a lot of snaps if there might be a little bit of a change in the thought process there to to continue to get fresh bodies on the field at multiple positions not just the defensive line but also help these younger players who are clearly talented carve out a little bit of a niche all right. Well, if it feels like we were just skimming the surface of the offseason roster management discussion for Ohio State, it's because we are. It's just the first step in this journey. Uh, but before we know it, they'll be back on the field for spring ball. That's about six mm-hmm. weeks away. Uh, so we have a lot more in depth. We'll go position by position as we get closer. We'll deal with uh, roster numbers. Bill's going to break down uh, some of the scholarship situation uh, on OhioState.rivals.com coming forward. So look for that. Uh, piece of content if you want and then i don't know uh maybe berm can jump on with you this week and you guys can talk about basketball because that seems like a, a really fun situation i enjoyed getting to go cover a couple of home games while you were out uh things are going really great over there but i'll let you two uh break that down if you want <laughs> and i don't i don't know how much uh anybody wants to talk about that right now on the heels of this losing streak but yeah um, for the dozens of you who are interested we'll <laughs> we, we will do that uh yeah uh it's going great we can just leave it there for today uh this has been the podcast daily it is tuesday january 17th bill landis back uh in the co-pilot seat great to have him and uh, the family being great after uh, a couple weeks learning on the fly over there uh in the landis household but Mm -hmm. for bill i'm austin this has been the podcast daily we will talk to you later